Experiencing the Truth, episode, uh, I don't know what this is, but... You know it's the episode that you're wearing a mustache. Let's start over, start over, start it again. <laughs> Experiencing the Truth, we don't need the episode. No, we don't need the episode. Okay. Okay, so... Beep! Beep! I have a mustache. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget that I uh, I walk around and I'm I'm going about my day. And at first it was funny because I was posting it on social media. So for those of you who are listening, yeah, I have a weird looking mustache. It's uh, weird. Yeah. I, I started looking Amish with my beard. And so I thought I would just uh, chop it off. But it might not have been working in my favor because I'm getting some weird looks um at the grocery store and and for my my co-workers so and your girlfriend and my girlfriend yeah she did not <laughs> she did not like that uh, uh i thought it'd be really funny though yeah it'll be great when she becomes uh something more when when you get a wife and they'll just tell you not to just wear the don't mustache. do that you gotta get permission to put a caterpillar <laughs> That's on your right. lip yeah uh so today we are on uh talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Before we talked about um, the Holy Spirit, we talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, the power of the Spirit with laying on hands. Uh, Today we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I had a conversation uh, with a friend of mine and uh, we were talking about, because I think when we hear that, it's, Oh, should have bought a Honda. What about a Kia? And uh, and people dancing around and like, or it's it's the the people that outside the church are like, I don't know if I want that. Like it's it's kind of like, or people think that it's in a an attention type thing, or, or people have been manipulated by that, or have manipulated to say it was the spirit that they've used words of like prophecy and just to manipulate someone. And so I've seen that, and I, I see how that affects people but but this my friend was talking about uh you know should there be a place separate from a sunday service uh where those gifts and people operate in the spirit in that way like do we want to you know speak in tongues or you know in every single service or or people get slain in the spirit and uh and i was thinking I, i i posed the question i'm like well i'm like that's it's stupid to think about if you if you phrase it in a different way and saying that if we truly do believe, or it talks about in the Bible, that those are all manifestations of the Spirit. Uh, and if you were to ask me, do you should we every week, do we want to encounter the presence of God and, and see it manifested? Uh, well, I, hope, I hope if you're a Christian, you would say, yeah. But I think because it's become almost like casting spells or doing potions or or people have gotten in the weeds with it where they don't understand it, they fear it, or it's just weird, and they just block it out because it's too much to want to go down that that well, rabbit trail. I, I think it really depends uh, on what kind of church you go to um, and what you believe individually uh, or who you believe the individual individually who you believe the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. I mean, if the church is the house of God, then the church is the house of Christ. It's also the house of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of times, um, as 
as leaders, spiritual leaders, we don't often walk in the spirit. Um, we almost <coughs> tried to control what God intends to do in the spirit. And when it's sure, there are people who take matters in their own hands because they want attention. It's an unhealthy situation. And so what we've done, instead of dealing with those unhealthy situations, we've just completely thrown the baby yeah. out with the bathwater. Yeah. And we've said, you know what, uh, we want to have church on a, say on a Sunday morning, but we don't want the activation of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We don't want the, the activity of the Holy Spirit. And when you understand that the Holy Spirit is God, that you really cannot yeah. have this, a, a service where God is present and, and completely ignore the Holy Spirit in that service and the and necessity of the Holy Spirit in that yeah. service. And because there's a lot of people who believe that, uh, they don't believe. There's a number of people who have been brought up not believing that um, miracles happen anymore, that yeah. they believe the New Testament was the end of a dispensation and we're in a different dispensation. So what took place in the New Testament no longer takes place I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't know that there's any biblical proof of that at all. I know there's no that's, biblical proof that's of that That's why at Acts, all. it leaves it open-ended. Yeah. When all that, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, all that all that stuff was going on, there's some crazy stuff that was right. going on. When that was unleashed, Jesus wasn't joking when he said that you're going to go on and do greater things. There was some crazy stuff happening. Uh, and, and the scripture, it's not, um, it, it's, it leaves you on a cliffhanger. Because and I think uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it ends, but if you read it, it's almost like it. This didn't just stop. So people reading that, like you should know that it's a continuation that the Spirit is still at work. And when Jesus says that you're going to be able to go on and do greater things, um, and, and to wait for something in that upper room, uh, I I don't think he just took that away after that generation. That yeah, make much I sense. mean the uh, the Holy Spirit was given to all of us. Uh, it is, it's part of our identity. It was really an anointing. It wasn't a gift. And I think, uh, that has been the challenge for a lot of people is they think that when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, they assume it's a gift. Yeah. And that, that is actually our spiritual language hmm. that we're speaking with when we, yeah. when we pray in tongues. So it's, it's your spirit, man. So you're saying in speaking, heaven. They are, they're not going to speak English. And they're not speaking English. Well, Sorry. Well, what, what is Jesus going to speak then? Is he going to speak Aramaic? He might, maybe Chinese? What no. do you think he's going to... No, I think it's it's pretty obvious that the spirit language, God is a spirit, and our spirit language is a universal hmm. language in heaven. So when we speak in tongues, it will be a heavenly language. Mm-hmm. And I think today, what I'd like to really talk about today is something that is there's a lot of confusion over and and when we don't understand something completely we tend to ignore it yeah and the gifts of the spirit um are an incredible gift to the church yeah and without the gifts operating the church <coughs> excuse me uh the bible says there is no common good uh, hmm. in the church and you know i i, I want to before i get into that and I want to talk about, just go back all the way into the Old Testament. You know, Saul, when Saul was king, he had priests operating in the temple. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how the Spirit left 
their presence and they didn't know it. <laughs> and they continued wow. on doing what they were doing, mm -hmm. thinking they were doing God's work. Hmm. You really cannot do God's work hmm. without, without participating with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We often think the Holy Spirit, it's all the Holy Spirit. He did everything. You know, I, I've told this story before. Steve Green came off the stage. He was a singer um, that many, from a number of years ago, many Christians loved Steve Green. My mom, it was like her favorite artist. Um, and Who's Steve Green? Steve Green. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know who he is. <coughs> I don't know if you were even born. But mm -hmm. he came off the stage, and someone came up to him and said, oh, man, that song you sang was just amazing. And Steve Green said... It was all the Holy Spirit. It was all God, mm -hmm. is what he said. And the guy looks at him and goes, goes, it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, is God, God almost does nothing without participating with us, yeah. wanting us to join him yeah. in it. Um, and so the gifts of the Spirit <clears throat> are really God's activity with us, participating with us to do the, the assignment the purpose for which we are created. So Saul has all these priests doing all the work of ministry, but there's no presence hmm. of God. There is no power. It, and it's why after the pandemic, so many people haven't returned because they were going to churches where there was no power and they went home and nothing changed in their life. There was hmm. no difference. So they're like, I can eliminate that out of my life. When David came in as king, the presence of God returned to the temple hmm. and, and they begin to operate with God. And I think the church as a whole needs to understand that, and, and spiritual leaders especially, that we cannot operate uh, with God and ignore the gifts of the Spirit, the mm. gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Father. There are three sets of gifts, um, the gift of the Father, the gift of the Son, and then the gift of the Spirit. Today, we're only going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and, um, and I want to go into that, actually. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11 says now about the spiritual gifts, brother, and, and gifts here, when you look at it in the Greek, actually is charis, mm. is the Greek word. It's where we get the word charismatic. So if you were around for any length of time, you would hear, hear people say, well, they were charismatic believers. Yeah. What they're essentially saying is they're people who operate in the gifts mm -hmm. and they believe in Jesus Christ. So these are people who are actively operating in the gifts. You cannot be a charismatic believer and believe, oh yeah, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. You're not a charismatic believer until you're the one that is operating in what you say you believe. Hmm. You know the gifts of the Spirit. When you believe in the gifts of the Spirit, you will operate in them. You will actually start to allow the Holy Spirit to call you into opportunities to operate in those gifts. Hmm. Interesting. So it goes on. Now about the spiritual gift, brothers. I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans somehow, other you were influenced or led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, 
but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all man. It's really referring to the three categories of gifts. There are different, and then and then it goes on and says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. <coughs> Excuse me, my I, I have a coughing issue. Maybe if you're listening to this, you can pray that God will deal with that. But let me read that again. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is for, is given for the common good. Hmm. If you're not operating, to make that statement that your friend said, do we need them operating in the in a service? If you want common good, you do. Yeah. You know, it, it the, the scripture says that's what they were given for, for the common good. I know a lot of places that need more common good. Yeah. And and this is what it says to one there is given through the spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous power, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines that the Holy Spirit possesses these gifts. We do not possess these gifts. And you'll hear people say, well, I have the gift of healing. You don't have the gift of healing. You have the Holy Spirit. He possesses the gift of healings. What I would say is every you have access to every single gift that the Lord gives us, that yeah. the Holy Spirit gives us, so that we can all operate in any of the nine gifts of the Spirit, that we have access to those gifts in our life. Hmm. So you'll hear people. Uh, you'll hear people that will, um, you know, in First Corinthians twelve four it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. You'll hear people talking about how they really have um, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, like the gift of healing, and 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 I have the gift of healing, and and then that's all they operate in. The only reason that's the only gift they operate in is because it's all they believe they have. Like they believe they possess it. It's theirs. And they only open themselves up to operating in that one gift. You're like limited. Yeah, and you're eliminating. But you got the but you got the infinity gauntlet. Right. Well, and the Holy Spirit, if He is in you, He brings all of His gifts with Him in order to uh, in order to release them through your life for whatever the need is. As you live your life. You need access to all nine gifts to be able to minister to the people that you're going to be ministering to. Yeah. And so you have to believe that if the Holy Spirit is in me, I'm not limited to just, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sure there's a word for you, but I don't have that gift. So I know, I know Johnny down the road, he's got the gift of prophecy, and yeah. Tommy over here has the gift of faith, and, mm-hmm. and um, I have the gift of giving tongues. So then we can maybe get the full right. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Just got to get a piece. And, and in reality, the Holy Spirit's if he is in you, all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are hmm. present. Hmm. So when you say, like, you only have, if someone were to say, I have a gift of healing, uh, does that mean they're... So we, if we have all of them, well, why does it talk about separate that there's been given a spirit to, I mean, a gift to do that? If we if we do have access to all of them, yeah, I mean, 
So if you're in a setting where there are a number of people in that setting, the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit may have that person pray for healing and mm -hmm. do healing and that person to give a message in tongue. But the Holy Spirit possesses the gift. We don't possess yeah. the yeah. gifts. We operate them as He enables us mm -hmm. to operate in those gifts. So He could. So what? What I think what people can misinterpret as this is who I am. This is the gift I've been given, and I can't do anything else. Right. So it's situations like that's why uh, the apostles were regular men, but they looked like they were scholars in, in the face of the government. And it's like, how are these guys? Like they speak with authority and boldness, and there's something uh, different on them. But that's the spirit working through them and those giftings. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing you have to be careful on, and this is why the enemy, I believe, works against the whole concept of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When when the disciples, they were believers in Christ. Yeah, they saw Christ resurrected. They were saved before the upper room. Yeah. Yep. It was in the upper room, however, that the Holy Spirit came and rested upon them, and mm -hmm. they operated in ministry at mm -hmm. that point. Jesus, Jesus was a believer in God far before he was ever baptized. Jesus never got saved. But even Jesus demonstrated at baptism, when he was baptized in water and he came up, the Holy Spirit descended upon him with like a dove. And then his ministry began. Hmm. I think the mistake we make is we really do believe that we don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Hmm. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has always, in the Scripture, preceded the operation of the gifts yeah. in the lives of people. And even in Jesus's life, you know, he says, it's not my time yet when he did the miracle, the water and the wine, and Jesus could have done it at any point because he was perfect in all of the, all that he was, but he demonstrated at baptism, the resting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In fact, even before he sent the disciples out to do the works of ministry, he breathed on them hmm. this anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, I think it's an important thing that's really <coughs> interesting. Um, that we can pass by, like what was what was the purpose of like the dove, like the it was uh, when you know when the clouds split and when he was like baptized and then he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and that's when he started his ministry, which is really interesting when you think about it that the Spirit first rested on him but, and then he started his ministry. Right, and the Holy Spirit came upon those in the upper room yeah. and then they went out and yeah. did ministry and they began operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And and so I think for believers, um, and, and especially those who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's important to understand that you are vehicles for which God wants to you, uh, participate with to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me kind of help a little bit with this. Uh, there are three really categories for, for the nine gifts of the Spirit, three in each of the three categories. The first one is the discerning gifts, and the discerning gifts include the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning spirits. Hmm. The second is the declarative gifts, which is prophecy, tongues, and then interpretation of tongues. And then the third category is the dynamic gift, which is the the gift of faith, gift of healing, and gift of miracles. And where I really want to start is in the in the, the gift, the discerning gifts, um, because 
uh, all of these gifts operate for different reasons. And I kind of want to help what they look like, because if you really don't know what they're about, it's it can be pretty difficult to fully understand yeah. uh, on this. Uh, so the word of knowledge, if if the Holy Spirit were to give you a word of knowledge and and um, and you say, well, yeah, I need a lot of understanding of knowledge. And, and some would say, well, wasn't it a sin that uh, when man wasn't supposed to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is a different kind of knowledge. What it is, the definition of it is to know something specific without having learned it hmm. by natural means. Uh, to know something specific without having to learn it by natural means, where there was no natural way that you should ever know that information. Hmm. Um, uh, an example of this is... Um, when someone tells you, I know something, and they give you, you don't get a word of knowledge. Yeah. It's when God shows you something about someone or something uh, where you really begin uh, to, to operate in the, in the word of knowledge. Do you think there's ever been a time, Alex, when, when uh, the word God gave you a word of knowledge, yeah. a situation where you, didn't, you should never have known it, but somehow you you understood something you knew something that you shouldn't have known yeah i don't have like a i can't think of a, a specific time but there's definitely been times where that's where that's definitely happened there there was a situation in at when, when i lived in michigan um we we uh, we had neighbors right behind us and we knew pretty much all of our neighbors and uh, pretty well and uh, I came out the back of my house onto my deck, and I saw my neighbor in, whose backyard was, you know, facing us. And I saw him. And when I walked off the deck, um, the Holy Spirit just dropped into my heart. He just had an affair this weekend, <laughs> and uh, I was a little annoyed, quite honestly, because what am I supposed to do with that piece of knowledge? Yeah. But. I, there is no natural way I would have known that. Mm -hmm. And and so um, because the Lord had given me that knowledge, I went over to him and we started talking. Obviously, I didn't go up to him and say, did you have an affair this weekend? Yeah. Which would have probably shocked him. Uh, but I went up to him and I said, uh, how are you doing? And he, oh, I'm great. I just got back from Las Vegas. Hmm. I said, you did. How long were you there? And he said, oh, about three days. Just had a great time. And I said, well, how did it go? He goes, well, you know what? It's done in Las Vegas, stays in Las Vegas. And and obviously, I, I knew in that moment. And I really asked the Lord later, did I miss an opportunity? Because he had given me that word of knowledge for a reason. He doesn't, he, he's not going to give you a word of knowledge so that you just know people's junk and the talk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. He he gives there's another situation where I was sitting in my office and there was a man and who I had married him to his wife and we were talking and while we were talking I asked him I said and it was the same similar situation I said did you just have an affair this do you, have you had an affair and he goes no and I'm and so I'm I'm like I'm sorry I don't know why I just felt like that was kept coming back that he, he hadn't had an affair. And so I asked him a second time, about two or three minutes later, I said, are you sure you didn't have an affair like he, he would have forgotten? And uh, he said, no. And so we continued to talk about other things. And then I came back and I said, dude, like, you know me, I'm not going to 
sit here and judge you. I'm, I'm, we're going to walk through this. Have you had an affair? And he goes, no, I have not done it. I would tell you if I had had an affair. Hmm. So I thought I missed it. Completely thought I missed it. You're, and maybe you're listening to this right now saying, I am never going to sit with Pastor James ever yeah. again because he might know something that I did. Word of wisdom. Right. The Lord will never reveal to me a word of knowledge or to anyone except for their uh, benefit yeah. and their good. And uh, three days later, he called me back and he said, how did you know that I had been fair? And I said, because the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. He said, I did. And I had one the week prior to you saying it. And that day, I was going to meet with her that night. And when you brought that up, I realized that God was God knew, hmm. that God knew. And I said, there was no reason for me to know except wow. for God. But God needed someone he could speak that word through to that person to let them know that they, so it's for the, I mean, Jesus operated in it. When he went to the woman at the well, he said, uh, she goes, I'm not married. He goes, you're right. You've had five husbands and the yeah. one you're living with now isn't your husband. Um, God wants and does. I, I will tell you this. Every single person that's listening to this right now, mm -hmm. God wants to give a word of knowledge to. Hmm. We have to be open to recognize it when it comes, that there are some things that the Lord is going to give you that um, the words of knowledge that uh, you're not, you're going to wonder if it's real or not. Yeah. And uh, that was, um, this is not, this is just, it's, it's not, it wasn't a word of wisdom, but it was something that changed my life forever from then where I had belief in Jesus um, kind of like the guy had an affair where it's like, God, God was watching. It was when I was in 10th grade, um, we were praying for God's, for God to reveal his plan for our life. That he's, I remember the pastor saying like, there's going to be people in this room that are going to hear from God tonight. And that was the first night where I felt like a message applied to me and I'm listening in and I'm like, I didn't know God my whole life. I'm like, I was that person that maybe had listening to this message and I'm like, all oh, these gifts don't apply to me. All that stuff is like, my mom is really good at it. Like, my dad uh, is is all into it. But I'm like, I, I don't like. I I believe there might be something, but I'm like, is it really real? And or and what? Why would he want to speak to me? And uh, so, anyways, that message made me like, man, God's gonna speak to me this like today. Like, I'm gonna be able to actually encounter God. And and the the pastor uh, had us take a little rope put it in a circle on the ground and, and wait there. And, and each of us in our circles, it's our time to hear from God. And, uh, I sat there, I was super like excited. Cause I'm like, what if God actually speaks to me right now? Like super excited. And then I see people going up cause he wanted them to give their testimony when they had heard from God or they got a word from him. And so people start going up and there's, there's a bunch of girls going up and they're crying. And I'm like, oh, these people just want attention. Like I'm praying, I'm getting nothing like usual. And I'm like, man, how did I just get emotionally manipulated like that? I'm like, oh, this is at first it was cynicism. My like, God, you're not real. Or like, God, if you are, do you love them more than me that you wouldn't reveal yourself to me? And then a thought came by my head because at this point I was just judging and uh, just like frustrated. And it, and it was, it literally felt like it was my conscience. Like I, before I knew what God's voice was like, 
um, it was something that came across the back of my mind saying, you need to go into full-time ministry. And I thought that that was me trying to conjure up something, you know, cause you're like, well, you're just manifesting something cause you want God to speak. That's mm-hmm. what an atheist will tell you. And I'm like, and I remember telling myself, no, that's not from God. That's from me. There's like, there's no way. And I brushed it off. One, it scared me. There's no way I was doing that at that time. That didn't make sense. And then I had hands uh, that were on my shoulders and said the exact words I had in my head. I did not say them out loud. He spoke it over me. He used the gift of, would that be wisdom or prophecy? Spoke it over me and in obedience came and prayed for me. And that, that realization where I'm like, it was God sees me, like God hears yeah. me. And that voice that I thought was my conscience that there, I'm like, wow, like, God, that's, you've always been there. Like you've wanted to speak to me and I've thought you didn't. And that changed everything for me. There was, I mean, it was, it's been a journey since, but when you realize that God wants to give you gifts, that God wants to include you, well, it changes everything. Right. I, I mean, and, and, uh, the, you know, the gift of knowledge is when he gives you information yeah. about something you wouldn't naturally mm-hmm. have. Um, and, and that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah really working in that. But a lot of times we get, like you thought, it was you conjuring it up. That's where you really have to have ears to hear to recognize when it is happening Mm -hmm. in your life. But let me move on to the next one, discerning of spirits. A lot of people will say, well, this is the gift of discernment. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny, there is, the, the discernment is not one of the gifts of the spirit. Discerning of spirits is. Hmm. Uh, discernment, by the way, is knowing the difference between what is right and what appears to be right. Yeah. That's what di- knowing that discernment is not <laughs> knowing the difference between what is right and wrong. Yeah. Um, you don't need discernment to know that. And there's a lot of people who are just flat critical people that think it's a gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not. Uh, in fact, discernment is more part of wisdom, I think, than anything else. But um, discerning of spirits is different. Here's the definition of it. To be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Hmm. You know, have you ever been in a situation where it was pretty uncomfortable? Like you walked into it and you knew you knew in that moment, like, uh, there's something very demonic going on around here. Have you ever been in a, in a time where I remember walking into a place and uh, maybe the entire, you know, if you're from San Francisco, I'm sorry, but there were places in San Francisco we walked into when we were sightseeing, and I thought, wow, like, uh, it, I don't, I'm not discerning what the Spirit is, but it feels pretty demonic in these, in these certain places that we went to, and it just was in an uncomfortable, eerie sense. Discerning of spirits is the gift that the Holy Spirit gives us to discern what the Spirit is hmm. that's operating. Um, Niacarosis uh, means judging through. It means that through the Spirit, I'm able to see the natural circumstances into the supernatural. Um, and what it's saying is, is it, you will, when, you, when you operate in the gift of discerning spirits, you're able to see why that person is acting the way they're acting, hmm. that it's not because um, they're a jerk, but there's a spirit operating on them. Um, you know, if you think of the story of Paul, when they were in Silas, when they were walking 
uh, doing ministry, and the woman kept saying, you are men of God, you are men of God. Uh, she, the spirit was actually telling the truth, Yeah. but it was a demonic spirit. Yeah. And <clears throat> most people think, well, see, this woman recognized the spirit of God, and she was just proclaiming the spirit of God, but Paul operated in discerning spirits. He knew that was in a godly spirit. He called out of the, the spirit out of her by name, mm -hmm. calls the spirit out of her, and the spirit leaves. Um, Did you know that that is actually, because uh, I was doing a, when we talked about last week, we talked about angels, and uh, I remember doing, I'm like, I'm looking through this, I'm trying to like get like an understanding of when, when you know, when Jesus casted out the the demon legion when the when he comes to the man he says who are you it, it took a it took a little bit for the demon to like get out of the man and jesus was like he stops him was like who are you and he said we are legion and uh and but first the demon comes and he says oh son of god whatever and he's he's calling he's name calling him and that was actually uh it's in like um and sorcery and like the like black magic if you and when people that like kind of fought in that way like voodoo like type stuff if you call out the spirit it loses power because you you if you can know what you're fighting against and it almost it's almost like it, it it puts away the smoke screen and uh loses the the power that that person has so when they're like and that also ties to when they're coming and they're claiming this is the son of god these men are the whatever whatever and she's saying it over and over that it's actually it was actually a strategy that's used like in black magic and like sorcery to to name calling and there's a term for it that i had looked up but when you said that it reminded me that that's because i've always wondered that i'm like why did why were they yelling these men are the son of god like isn't that a good thing why did it take so long for paul to do that but it was a discerning of spirits to to see that and it's interesting um well and i think and and, and you know i'm not an expert in all of this but if you look at scripture even what you're saying it's yeah. almost trying to throw them off like don't recognize that i'm here yeah spirits trying to hide if if mm -hmm. your name is alex right mm -hmm. and if i say tom leave the room tom leave the room tom i command you to leave the room yeah that one it identifies the power of a name yeah uh but if i say alex I command you to go. Yeah, knowing and being able to discern the spirit, you're then it, it's like it's no longer hidden. Mm -hmm. It's it's no longer you're not deceived by it. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, where the scripture says we do not battle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, spiritual forces of darkness. When you begin to see the spirit, you can discern the spirit that's causing that person to respond the way they are. Whether it's your spouse whether it's someone you're working with or working for, or that's working for you, people in your neighborhood, then you no longer look at that person with the object of your disgust or frustration. You recognize the spirit, and then you can command that spirit to leave. And, and the Bible says that when you do that, they must flee. Yeah. Um, and, and if we have power because the Holy Spirit rests upon us, the the demonic spirits when they hear that have to go if that's that's what the bible says um and and so i think the gift of discerning spirits is something so many christians would just rather ignore yeah. and and we really need it because it's for our common good mm -hmm. it's it's for the good of a you know um 
I was in uh, I, I was preaching on a Sunday morning, and again, we were in Michigan at the time, very large auditorium, and um, I, I don't know why, in the middle of the message, I stopped, and I stepped off the platform, and I walked to the back. I just felt like something was right, and I said, right now, I command the devils that are in this place to go. I had discerned that something was in the place. Hmm. And, and so the demons and the devils, and I think it was devils that I used, the devils in this place, I command you to leave this place right now in the name of Jesus. And then I turned my back and I walked back up to the platform. What I didn't realize is that when I turned my back, three people got up and walked out of the sanctuary. Mm. I didn't even know they were there. The, the room was a large room. I didn't even know they were there. And I just went on preaching, had no idea. Well, at the end of the sermon, and I was in the visitor room, and uh, a lady, one of our, our prayer ladies, she's very strong in um, working with people who are dealing with uh, oppression and that type of stuff. She came in and she said, Pastor, did you see the three people that got up and left? And I said, I, I really didn't. I, he says, when you came off the platform, uh, you said that, and you turned. When you turned, they immediately got up and left. Hmm. And she goes, here's the crazy thing. I saw them walk in, and when they walked in, I turned to my husband, and I said, those are three devils. Wow. She had discerned uh, the spirits on those people hmm. when they walked in and sat down. And then when I came off, and he, 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 her husband, was, he's like, you, I, I was blown. He, he still couldn't believe it because he thought she was just seeing things, you know, just overreacting. And, and he said, when you came down and did that and they got up and left, he, he said it just affirmed that that gift was operating. So what do you think that was? So when, so people don't just walk out and they start, you know, going to street corners and calling everybody devils. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think that was? Well, uh, the Holy those... Spirit had put it in my heart that yeah. that there was something there and that it had to be done. And that's why you don't go to the street corner and start calling out devils. You better mm. know what the devil is yeah. if you're going to do that. Mm. Um, I think what we're doing is setting people free from prisons, and there's oppression and there's obsession that comes. And so spirits are operating in people's lives. And rather than fight with uh, people... We need to recognize the spirit and begin to pray against that spirit. I think where the gift of discerning spirits really becomes powerful is when you're doing direct ministry with the person and they're there wanting, or you're praying, hmm. and you begin to command, and even in your prayer time, you begin to speak and command those spirits to leave. Hmm. <clears throat> the third um, uh, gift uh, is... Uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, is w the word of wisdom. And, and this is uh, the one where I think a lot of people, we, we all as believers should operate. And you had brought up how the disciples weren't unlearned men and, w men and women. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet they were amazed at the wisdom they had, the understanding. And the word of wisdom is a divine answer or solution for a particular situation. A divine answer or solution for a particular situation. God's solution, God answers, God wisdom showing up in a particular. When you don't know what to do, and then God gives you incredible understanding or wisdom. You know, James, one of my favorite verses in Bible, James 1, 5 says, If you lack wisdom, you should ask God, and he will give it generously to all 
to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Um, I love that, that God doesn't give you, he doesn't blame you for it. Like, he doesn't sit there and say, well, you're going to go through this because you deserve it. He, he gives you incredible wisdom, yeah. and, and the gift of wisdom is essentially operating in a situation in your workplace or wherever you're at, and you got problems in your workplace, and boom, you get the gift of wisdom, and you're able to answer questions that other people can't answer because you see things clearer than other people. Uh, man, Christians should be some of the greatest leaders in our community because they operate in the gift of wisdom. Yeah, that's good. Do you think you have much wisdom? Man... <laughs> I, feel like, I, I think I, I could be wise not to say that I, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people think and believe that in order to have wisdom you have to be older you, uh, yeah. as you get older you can have wisdom but one of the things I asked as a young man was God give me the wisdom of Solomon yeah. you know give me incredible wisdom uh, that 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 you don't even understand where it's coming from, but it just comes. Like when you're speaking, you're like, I need to take notes on what I'm getting because this is really good. Yeah. But you understand it's not coming out of your brain. It really is flowing through the spirit in your life. And and when people when people would come and talk to you and 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 you're counseling them or you're you're ministering to them, uh, the the gift that's for common good is is to be able to speak wisdom in their life whether they're believers or not to be able to speak wisdom in their life yeah there's nothing like um i was i was talking to someone about uh because we're we're i'm teaching this person how to like speak and develop messages and and uh and so he was starting to share and it, it sounded like more of a motivational speech then, because when you're when you're just getting into it, you share a lot of stories about yourself, or you feel like it's you're, you're operating out of just your testimony, um, but you don't start with the word. And I I was just telling a man, I'm like, man, when you start learning how to like, it's so fun when you're starting to to speak because it's it's like a it's a testing area where you realize. I, I remember where I was <laughs> very insecure when I went and got on that stage because I'm like, dude, I am 19 years old and I'm supposed to go speak to these people that probably have a lot more wisdom than me. And my prayer was literally, God, if if you don't show up, I'm going to look like a fool. And like, God, would you not let... And it was funny because that's where God started me out, but it, it hasn't changed because I long for that so much. God, would you speak and not let one word that I have to say land because you're the only one that is going to be able to develop deep roots in someone's soul. And God, let me just be a conduit of that. And it's it's so funny because when you get on stage, there's like a, when, when, when I started speaking, first you got these jitters and then there was just something where I'm, I'm saying things or, and I'm like, this, where did that come from? Like I, you just have this confidence and this boldness when you're speaking the word or when, when I'm, you know, yeah, witnessing to someone or, or a word comes to me that I give someone, it's like, where did that come from? Or you, you, you do find yourself like, I need to take notes of that. Cause that's not just because I listen to a lot of Ted yeah. talks or something. And, and the interesting thing is immediately because you were young, when you see older people, you believe that there's nothing you can speak because you're operating out of your own understanding. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's true. If that's all you're doing, then, then, <laughs> then you aren't going to have wisdom. Yeah. But if God, you know, when you think of Samuel, uh, you think of, 
of people who were young when mm-hmm. they spoke and they speak with the spirit of wisdom. Mm-hmm. The wisdom is coming from the Lord. Your age does not hinder. It doesn't matter no. how young you are, old you are. The word of wisdom, uh, with the gift of wisdom, is something God gives um, that is really heaven's wisdom. Yeah, there's no junior varsity Holy Spirit. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's great. It, it really is a great way to look at it. And so, so the word of knowledge, if we just review the word of knowledge, is God gives you an understanding of a situation, like he gives you information that you would never have known in yourself. Mm-hmm. The discerning of spirits, he shows you the spirits that you're coming up against. Like you just can see it. You know what spirit you're dealing with. And then the word of wisdom is you, you just have understanding and how to do things um, and, and, and way beyond your years. And mm-hmm. I used to pray for that gift of the Holy Spirit um, all the time. And people would consistently say to me when, when I was in my 20s, you have wisdom beyond your years. Even that statement is, leads itself to a lie almost thinking that if you were older, you would just naturally have that wisdom. Yeah. Rather than understanding yeah. you have the gift of wisdom operating in your life. And if they, but they don't see it that way. It really identified what people saw, like God gave you wisdom. And they didn't really understand that God, through the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit, will give anyone wisdom mm-hmm. that is operating and acknowledging the Holy Spirit and His willingness to do that in their life. Yeah, that is good. So the next three gifts are de- de- declarative gifts, and this is the one I think most people know about, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's the gift of prophecy. And so the gift of prophecy is the message of encouragement from God through a person to person or persons. <laughs> and we talk about prophecy uh, a lot. In fact, people will say they prophesied. It's interesting. You'll, you'll see the word prophecy all the time. If you remember when Saul went to go get, he sent mm-hmm. his men to all find David, and they found these uh, priests and prophets, and they were prophesying, and they got in their presence, and they started prophesying. Mm-hmm. And then Saul goes down to do it because the men can't do it. I'll go down. And then, the, and then Saul starts prophesying. Prophecy is something that's been around throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, and really, um, it's something that God wants us to be part of. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, and it says, especially the gift of prophecy, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. And uh, it, it really tells us what prophecy is for, for the strengthening, the encouragement, and the comforting of individuals. Now, more than ever before, don't you think that in the church we need people prophesying over sure. our life? Sure. And I think what happens is is we want people prophesying over us, but we never avail ourselves to prophesying over other people's, and and we reap what we sow. Um, because there's a faith there's a faith step that's tied to that because you're unsure, like the guy with the affair. 
there's a possibility that this guy could look at me. What if he doesn't receive it? Mm -hmm. Am I still going to be obedient to saying it? <coughs> that's right. But so people, that's just, that's really uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, and, and most people look at prophesy and say, yeah, I prophesied. And they, you think it is, is a form of correction. Yeah. Uh, they'll give a prophecy in a way that is meant to correct people or a body and to point out how bad they are and how horrible, you know, I've been in churches where people raise their voice in the service and you better return. You are lost. You're broken and, and starts really almost attacking the bride of Christ rather than encouraging her and strengthening yeah. her, comforting her. And, and I think, you, you know, the, 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 that the Holy Spirit does speak. A lot of times we let it go through our lens, which is often, often biased hmm. away from the truth. And we take the word of the Lord and we, we salt and season it with what we think and believe that are lies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what does it say in the Bible when you, um, basically you take you take his word and you take his name in vain, but you also put your his stamp of approval on things that he didn't say. Right, There's a type right. of judgment that that comes with that as well. Like you put the, uh, you, you took God's words, but put your name on the paper and X'd out some stuff and added some of your own twist on it, like that he wasn't saying. Um, that's it's pretty dangerous. Well, and I think when whenever you prophesy and you say God told me, you know, a, a lot of time you 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 really aren't. A lot of times we'll say, "Yeah, God told me that I'm to do this," and we'll tr and because I don't like somebody something somebody is doing, I'll go and I'll and I'll almost say, "I'm going to prophesy over you something," that because I don't like it, I'm going to prophesy my opinion on this situation, uh, although I believe without a doubt. Um, there are times where people uh, prophesy and do that. I think for the most part, that does not happen. However, I think because of that, many people just don't prophesy at all. Hmm. They don't either don't want to, they don't want to be rejected or offend anybody. Um, they, they just have no interest at all in, in prophesying into other people's lives. And yet... When they're in a situation where they're almost where 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 it's an atmosphere wherever the people pro they'll prophesy and they'll see the benefit of it and I think often wonder why don't I do that more, um, you know because we need prophetic words. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. What did Bob Sorge talk about? Like when you uh, a rhema word. Mm -hmm. There's a word that you receive, then there's a word that you give, but it's secondhand. We do need, like, it's, there's something so powerful when you get a revelation or you get a word from something, from someone or a prophetic word, there's something that you, it, you, you like hang on to it because that's a word from God. And it's something that carries you through and you, rem and you look back and you remember, uh, it, it, there's like a, uh, it's kind of kindling to like the, the fire just uh, stir something in your belly right. where you're just, Man, like I, or if you see a revelation, even when you're reading the word, when you see, when you see something and something sticks out and you get that, it's like, it's I'm all of a sudden reignited. It's uh, it is powerful, and I think the reason why, um, we either think it's foolish, uh, or we write things off is because the enemy doesn't want us to have access to that power. So let's put smoke screens, uh, and in confusion, uh, to this because if they if they have access to that, what would that mean? Um, especially here in America where the spiritual is, it's funny because 
we're one of the most spiritual generations right now where people are getting into Wicca and all these different um, like demonic uh, things, but we still look at and make fun of the idea of a sky daddy. People call it. It's funny. Like, well, don't you believe in yeah. all these things? It's, it's funny how it works. Like the only thing I can make sense of it is like, there's a, a smoke screen that people think that's weird, but they fail to realize, okay, what are you believing right now? And taking is valid. Um, well, and, 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 you know, when it comes to like things like prophecy, it is uncomfortable if you've never done it before. Yeah. Well, it feels uncomfortable. Well, of course it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like anything that you've never done before. Exactly. It's new to you. It's uncomfortable, but it is essential for the health of a church. Uh, it's funny how we all want to be a part of a healthy church. We all want to be a part of a life-giving church, but we have to understand in order to have a life-giving, healthy uh, uh, church, it needs people that are yeah. health, healthy and life-giving. Mm-hmm. And it means we all have a part in making that, that take place. And so the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of prophecy is essential. The, the next one is tongues, which when we speak in tongues, we're speaking to God in His language. Yeah, We're speaking to God. But the gift of tongues is God speaking to us in his language. Yeah. So when you hear a message in tongues that comes, this is so uncomfortable for people, and it's probably what you were talking about with your friend who says, should this happen on a Sunday? By the way, most people who start saying, we shouldn't do this on a Sunday, um, tend to take the position that it never happens. They're, they, they, most places that say we don't do it on Sunday, they don't do it at any point. There's never any other place where that activity can take place because it's not a matter of, of the, 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 the place or whether it's appropriate. It's a matter of they don't see the importance of it. And so sure. why do we do that if we don't have the importance of it? Well, the message of tongues is where we begin to speak in a tongue, and it's not our prayer language. It's not us speaking to the Lord. The Lord speaks to us, uses our mouth to speak a message that no one understands in his mm-hmm. language, which is why it requires the, the next gift of the Spirit, which is the interpretation of tongues. So uh, the interpretation of tongues is when uh, someone hears that tongue and it's understanding and expressing the thought or intent of the message of tongues. Uh, in 14.5, it says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets the church yeah. may be edified. <clears throat> See, here's the thing. Edify means built up. Yeah. Do you believe the church should be built up? Mm-hmm. The only place that it says that the church is built up is through tongues and interpretation. So the church... The only place where in Scripture it says it's the building up of the church is through the tongues and interpretation, and we, and we remove it from our church because it makes us uncomfortable, and we use the claim that it's, it's abuse. It's been abused. Yeah. So because it's been abused, then maybe we shouldn't have the tongues and interpretation. And yet, mm. uh, uh, it, it, the reality is that it's, it's literally getting a message directly from God through the lips of another person yeah, and having it interpreted so that we can understand what it is all about. Hmm. 
you know, have you, you know, I, I've been in situations where uh, there was a situation uh, when I first came to Minnesota and someone gave a message in tongues and the whole time they're giving them the message in tongues. Um, the Lord is telling me, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> that's not me. And so in front of everybody, I get up and I say, I'm sorry, sir, that's not from the Lord. Well, uh, the person never came back. Of course, he was upset, embarrassed, and whatever. But I knew it wasn't from the Lord. Yeah. And it's like, um, what do you do? <laughs> and what happens is that the the downside to that is it causes to be, think, well, what is from the Lord or not? Yeah. And and a lot of it is is the Lord wants to release a message to the church, hmm. but He's looking for people who can recognize His voice when He's giving it. Yeah. And they know it comes from the Lord. I think that's the issue. Um, that people think that it's not like, cause there's been so many times when I've been in churches, like growing up where people I, I felt would kind of take advantage of it because we, we had an open mic, like during Sunday sermons, you could go up and say, God gave you a word <laughs> and give a prophetic word. And so it felt like there was the same person every single week going up and giving a prophetic word. So it's like, is this because you're wanting attention in my mind it always frustrated me like as a kid i'm like in some of my gut i'm like this is not like like right or or in when i was in college especially the same thing happened there would be this same person that would start speaking in tongues but there'd be no interpretation and so it, the pastor uh worship pastor would awkwardly have to step forward and just interpret it um and it was just like, ah, oh, this is so... To like, keep from embarrassing the yeah. person. Mm -hmm. And and I think sometimes people want to be involved, and they do it out of a, a separate motivation, but but it is for the health of the church. Yeah. You know, um, there was a, a missionary uh, to Costa Rica that came to our church in Michigan one time, and and uh, she was speaking, and, and then got up, and uh, I think it was her husband... She was kind of more the leader of the missions in Costa Rica, and he was kind of um, the, the, the long, they were both missionaries, but he was kind of the one that wasn't as strong. But he had a word, and this is, and I wrote this word down, so I'm going to read the word. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, I bless you on Sunday morning, and I bless you on Sunday night, and I bless you on Wednesday night. And then said, and then said this, Do you have a service <laughs> Wednesday night. <laughs> Do you have a, like, I'm sure the Lord knew yeah. if there was a service or not on Wednesday yeah. night. We used to joke about how how uh, this guy wanted to be an encouragement, so he just made up stuff. And yeah. that's not what prophecy is. Yeah, yeah. You do have stuff. a Wednesday night service, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was another one, and this one. Uh, really came close to home, and it dealt with my my wife and I had just been uh, married, and this guy uh, he was leading a ministry, a, a separate ministry, and he said uh, he he said to my wife, he goes, I got a word for you. You need to give, uh, you need to have sex with your wife, uh, your husband every night, <laughs> in front of everyone oh, gave this yes. word and it was very humiliating to my wife and it was not at all encouraging to my wife um and and there have been times so i've been recipient of people who have who where there's a message in tongues and the interpretation was so far off or or the message was so i've seen it but i've also been a part of a time where the holy spirit spoke through someone in tongues with the interpretation 
and it, there was a hush in the room mm -hmm. because you knew the presence of God was speaking and yeah. and the impact it made and and when you um when you stop doing those things and then wonder why uh, the gifts of the Spirit aren't, or why you don't have common good. That's why you need the gifts of the Spirit to operate in your life. I, I want to finish up on these last three, and I know it's taking a little bit of time <laughs> here, but let me just give you the last three descriptions. And, and this really is an important part of uh, the, the, the empowering gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the first one is uh, miraculous power. Uh, it's the it's divine intervention that alters natural circumstances. Um, there is a a gift in the spirit where miracles tend to take place. Uh, I saw this from a very young age, uh, a time when we were kids, and uh, uh, my mom was driving a van with a trailer that was way overloaded with stuff. We were going to New Mexico, and we were, she was driving through the night. We hit an icy patch in the highway, and the van began to go out of control, the, like literally began to turn. The hmm. trailer came around, and the van literally did a 360. And when the van was losing control and my mom was driving, she was not equipped to drive. Uh, in that situation, I remember we were sleeping in the van, and I remember the van doing that, and it woke us all up. And I, I remember hearing my dad go, in the name of Jesus, and then begin to pray in tongues, and that van went and straightened right out. Wow. To which my mom pulled over immediately and said, you're driving. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit did something miraculous in that situation. In the same respect, I'm driving with my family now to go on vacation. We have a 3,500-pound boat in the back of my Tacoma pickup, and uh, I'm, I'm following a, a minivan that's going, we're going about 60, 65 miles an hour on a two-lane country road. And the van in front of us sees someone on the side they want to pick up and just hits the brakes to slow down to pick them up. And to avoid hitting them, I pull into the other lane only to be faced with a semi-truck within a few hundred feet of us. And we're going to, and the only thing I could do was either ditch it or gas it and try to get around the van uh, and, and at least save the truck. I felt in that moment, uh, I felt like we were, I just killed my family. I knew the, oh, the, man. I knew the boat was gone. Yeah. I already knew the boat was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, there was no way I was going to, I was just trying to get the truck in front of the minivan, uh, and, and out of the way of the, I knew the the boat was already gone and I don't know how it happened. All I know is I'm on the other side of it and I'm driving straight. The boat is there. Everything is there. It was as though God translated us ahead of the minivan, like wow. moved us ahead of that. Um, and and all I could do was immediately went into tongues, speaking in tongues. When I'm in that thing, I went, and my wife as well, we chimed together speaking in tongues, and immediately a miracle took place. Wow. And those are just a couple of times where we've seen the gift of miracles operating in our life. Hmm. That's really interesting. 
Yeah, it's no joke, man. When you get into it, it's like, man, I, I always have, I read about these stories and I hear about it all the time. And I'm like, man, I just want to see that. I want to see that manifested uh, in my life. I want to hear about the stories in the Bible, but those stories don't happen without the, the there's the spirit was at work when all that, that those things happen. So you write it off, but fail to realize that what was that working behind the scenes in those stories you hear about? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have um, uh, Mark 16, 17, 18, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They yep. will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Yep. Uh, Acts 14, 8 through 10 says, In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth, had never walked, and he, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. And Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Um so, so there is miraculous power in the gifts of the Spirit that we, we should expect miracles, signs, and wonders to take place in our life. It's sad if we've never experienced that in our life. It really is truly sad that we have never experienced those things in our life. And I yeah. think we, we really should begin to ask the Lord, God, why is that not happening in my life? I want it to happen in my life. Mm -hmm. Here's the next one, the gift of faith. It's a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. The gift of faith is this confidence we have that it's supernatural, where we just are fully persuaded that something is going to happen mm -hmm. in our life. And then the last one is the gift of healing. And this is the thing where I think most people operate in the gift. They, they believe they have a gift of healing. And, and really, um, you know, if there's anything we can do is, is believing that God wants to heal. And I believe that the gift of healing is, is really believing that Christ paid for healing on the cross and the Holy Spirit operates in our life to bring healing into people's lives. So those are the nine gifts of the Spirit. Those are what God's Thanks. calling us to. Imagine if we operated in all of them, if we did all of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's something that I think God wants us to be aware of and wants us to work in. Um, and, and, and I think there's so many other questions we try to answer. If we just operate in the gifts of the Spirit, um, it would be for common good, that people would experience common good. Yeah. Um, we went through a lot. We covered, we covered it all. So if you How have... How are you doing there? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm just trying, I'm processing it all now. Um, so if you, if you guys have more questions or like about this, because there, there's a lot that we went over, I hope that this would have kind of give you some ground to stand on when it comes to this, that you too can experience the gift of the spirit, that this wasn't just for certain people, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living within you. And, uh, and it empowers you that, that this is a gift that is supposed to encourage the church. Um, so if you have questions about this, we want you to ask those. Uh, we don't know it all. Uh, we want you to ask and we want to continue the conversation. So if you email me at pastoralex at bethelsrock.org, we would love to, uh, to look at that and maybe talk about it in future episodes. But we are so excited 
that you're here with us. You're listening right now in your minivan or you're playing this at work and your coworkers are giving you uh, side eyes because what the heck are <laughs> you listening to tra- people uh, uh, teleporting in minivans with a, with a boat, speaking in tongues and all that. Uh, but the truth is what we believe is not normal. Don't try to write it off and, and make it sound logical just because this has been something you've grown up in. I think we all can understand and look at that this, this does not make sense. But if it did, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to know the full complexity yeah, of God. Let, let me stop you right there, too, because um, literally what you're saying is, is, is powerful, especially mm-hmm. when you're only looking at the natural world. Yeah. But the supernatural world was here way before. So what yeah. we're talking about is actually reality, quite normal. Mm-hmm. It, it, but if you're operating as a believer in the supernatural realm, as well as the natural realm, this is quite normal. Mm-hmm. And and don't let anyone make you think that because they don't understand it and because it's not something they can see, that's like a child telling an adult that has experienced all of life that they're weird, that my lack of understanding is normal, that yeah. my limited view, worldview is normal, like what I know is normal. The The reality is, is what all of this is exactly what God designed before the whole world even existed. Uh, And when when the earth was created, it was created in perfect unity with the word we just gave you, that there was healing, that there Mm. was a a conversation with God that we can, and it is actually extremely normal, and that there are people around you trying to get you to believe it's not, and that's what's literally manipulating people to ignore it or to just let somebody else do that, because I don't want to be weird. I don't want to look weird. Mm-hmm. And I and I really believe those are the lies we have to confront is uh, that when you're operating the gifts of the Spirit, you've never been more normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> normal in the sense that this is reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not normal in, in the sense that we're not supposed to conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing Renew of our minds. minds. Yes. But for regular people, this this is not going to make sense. It doesn't mean that it's not true. Uh, or it's not just because it's not normal in the sense of we're not a part of this world. Like we, we the world didn't deserve us. Is what it talks about in Hebrews that we suffered and because the the world didn't deserve us. We're we're not of here. We're staying in in a, a La Quinta Inn right now, uh, awaiting the the kingdom that we're bringing right now on earth. So, um, like you said, it's 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 normal in the sense of how God had created the world. And, uh, but for unbelievers and, and for maybe you hearing this and growing up with it, I think that we can, we can look at this and be like, you know what, there's some, there's some thoughts that I need to be, I need to challenge myself in my thinking that I've become comfortable with the world and where where this has become, um, uncomfortable for me to operate in, or I feel like it's just unimportant. It's because you need to challenge some of this, this earthly thinking. You're so, there's, there's something so uh, far beyond this that is realer than uh, the reality that you face right now. So again, you have questions, Pastor Alex at BethelsRock.org. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week.